0: Good morning. Welcome to Lincoln Live. I'm Dale Johnson. This morning, we learned that Lita Powell Drake died Wednesday morning at the age of 83. Anyone that's watched any television at all over the last 50 years knows the name Lita Powell Drake. Maybe you know her better as Calamity Kate. Her many years on KOLN, KGINTV tv here in Lincoln. Well, back in September of 2014, Lita uh, put out a book. And I had a chance to sit down and talk with Lita Powell Drake about the book, and about her career, her many years in television, not only here locally, but her start in TV in Duluth, Minnesota. So all that is coming up in an encore conversation with Lita Powell-Drake from September of 2014 on Lincoln Live. When I say... Calamity Kate, if you were born after 1967, you know exactly who I am talking about. For 15 years, Lita Powell Drake rocked the leather-looking tasseled vest, the skirt, the cowboy boots, and the big hair. And she's written about it, her years on KOLN, KGIN-TV, on Cartoon Corral, and the book The Calamities of Calamity Kate.
1: Lita, thank you very much for coming in. My pleasure, Dale, and the fact that KFOR radio was KFOR television is the reason I'm wearing the Calamity Kate outfit today. You are
0: the only person I've ever interviewed for this show who has asked me what I should wear. (laughs) No one else has ever asked me
1: that before. Well, I I hope you can visualize the big hair and the leather outfit, which (laughs) doesn't fit anymore because that was 47 years ago. I can still get into it. However, I can't breathe and I don't digest and the blood doesn't flow. But you see what I'll do for KFOR radio. You're rocking the tassels today
0: (laughs) and the big hair and and the braids. So thanks a lot. Ten bucks per show. Ten bucks per show is what you made, right? Ten dollars. Did it take some tough negotiating to get that one dollar per show uh,
1: raise after your first year? One dollar per show. So the next year that I did that, I got eleven dollars a show. And then the next year I got twelve dollars a show. Now that's progress. Mm -hmm. Um, Keeping the Western theme worked out when you took over
0: for Sheriff Bill and and Silent Orb. Let's give let's give those guys props, too.
1: And they certainly deserve it. Now, Tommy Young was the sales manager at KOLN-TV, and he came up with the idea about in 1953, 54, with having a local children's television program. Because remember, there were only three networks at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and most everything was live, so what they had to do at the time was use film movies that were, were which were shown had to come in on film it was very very difficult. Now the idea is to sell commercials locally. Remember, television is a business. Radio is a business mm-hmm. and the idea is to sell commercials. So what what was happening at the time is children's live children's TV programs were sp- was springing up all over the country. And the reason was is because it was cheap, and they needed a local show to bring in local people and local sponsors. So they usually took a person who was already on staff who would really be familiar with the process, give them a funny hat, put them in a costume, do a kid's show, have birthday parties, have a cartoon package, and that was basically it. So these these shows show, began to spring up all over the country, and, and and Tommy Young, who was a sales manager, decided we should have one, too. Now, at that time, Bill Hempke, who was Sheriff Bill, was the operations manager at Ten Eleven, so he was already there. Okay, you be a Western guy, and then you need support. You need someone who's going to help bring the kids in and pass out the cupcakes and the McDonald's hamburgers and so forth. So... Orville Wissink. Silent Orv. And they would not let him speak. (laughs) And you know, in all those years, he never spoke. Never a word? Never a word. And kids, it was really interesting because it was enticing kids to, to get him, to provoke him to talk. But he never did. He never did. That's why he was silent. He got paid $5 to do the show. But he had to set up all the sets and bring in the stuff and corral the kids and so forth. But Sheriff Bill and he were the stars. And kids were coming from all over the state of Nebraska to be on the show. Think about this. You've got a child who is five or six years of age who can wave to his grandma in Benkelman, Nebraska, and say what he wants to be when he grows up. It was a big deal. And Sheriff Bill and Silent Orr had a big paddle and they would paddle each of the birthday kids for the number of years that they had. <laughs> That's not politically correct. Well, days, I know, no. There were a lot of things that weren't politically no. correct. We had Kalija the Wooden Indian who stood there, and he didn't speak either except for no. This was Dick Iyer, who used to be on on the, uh, he was a carpenter at, at Channel 1011, and he would put on an Indian war bonnet and a blanket and stand there with his hands crossed, and he'd go nug for no and ug for yes. Now, is that politically incorrect? Of course. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. So they did the show for 10 years, and then at, at that point in time, uh, Bill decided to really retire and go to the Arizona territory as we call it, uh, down to, he loved to play golf. And so he left, and at that point in time, uh, Mr. Ebel, the general manager and president of KOLNTV, came to me and said, "Do you want it? You know, want to want to do the kids show? You host the kids show." Well, what are you doing? I was this? already doing the morning show. I was already hosting the television. With,
0: with Wayne West? No, 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 no. He, no Wayne, Wayne was,
1: West we, took ill, and so Mr. Ebel asked me to host the morning show okay. on an interim basis okay. until I could find someone who was musical. Well, I'm the least musical person <laughs> alive. If you've ever heard me sing, you'll realize that. So I, I was, you know, they're doing, producing and hosting the show and having a good time. But they kept looking for a musical host to replace Wayne West. Mm-hmm. And apparently I was cheap. I got $15 a show to host and and produce an hour-long morning show, and $10 in the afternoon for Cartoon Corral. So I got paid $25, but consider this, I had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, get my child, at that time we didn't have, there were no daycare centers, to do a person that I could trust, a, a, a neighborhood lady, actually she lived in North Lincoln, I lived way out in Capitol Beach, couldn't have been further, get the child there, get the show on, the road, and then produce the script for the next day, and then get ready for Cartoon Corral. All those required scripts and formats, etc. And so, therefore, I was there. Well, consider the time: starting at five in the morning, I left at five in the afternoon, and I got twenty-five dollars. Big time!
0: But, right? I know it. Good thing they didn't take you up on that idea of turning the the Western set into an astronaut. Set. <laughs> that was your idea,
1: wasn't it? East Cupcake. Well, County yeah, into I, yeah a I was flying at the time. I had, a, I had a pilot's license. And I thought, well, this old corny Western <laughs> stuff, you know, I could be, I could be an astronaut. And well, remember, they landed on the moon just shortly before that. It was just very exciting. And I'd have a silver lame jumpsuit and a silver cone there would represent the, the spaceship. What did Mr. Ebel think about that? S- that stinks. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> End of
0: conversation.
1: Yeah. Uh, didn't realize that the
0: kids weren't screened, uh-huh. no one was turned away. No rehearsals for these kids? That's the excitement. How many at a time? Well, 15 15? to
1: 20 approximately, uh, just enough for the the McDonald's hamburgers to go around. And from where did you get the name Calamity Kate? Lynn Graz was the promotion director of 1011, who was very creative, and I I owe her everything for, for having helped me with the book, because she's got a wonderful memory. Um, she went on she was destined for big time she went on to KMOX TV in St. Louis and then went onto the CBS television network in New York and created the Read More About It program but she comes back her, her, her mother uh, Marie Rustermeyer, lives in Lincoln and is so proud of her of her daughter and her accomplishments she comes back to visit her mother all the time so we sat down in fact it was 12 years ago when we sat down and I said I want to remember the stories of Cartoon Corral and all the weird and wonderful and crazy things that happened during live television. So we sat down and I recorded it. And we started to laugh, we cried, and with her remarkable memory it brought up some of the ideas and suggestions. And I thought, I'm going to write a book. Because people have been saying t- to me for years, they remember being on Cartoon Corral, they remember seeing it, and they come up to me all these years later and say, oh, I loved your show, etc." And so I thought, maybe I should do something with this, now with Lynn Graz's help. And getting the background in detail, I recorded that on my little old GE tape recorder. And I just set it aside for the time that I would retire. Maybe when I retire, I'll write a book. And I've got now some of the facts that I really needed. Well, 12 years went by. <laughs> I retired at 72 and a half. And I thought, okay, that's enough. that. Now I'm going to write this book. So I turned on my old GE tape recorder, hoping and it was covered with dust. Now I had just let it sit there; I didn't pay any attention to it, and I pressed the start button, and it went. And I thought, "Oh no, no!" This is a cassette player, the, evidently. Uh, yeah, my old, cassette, uh, my old cassette, 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 cassette player. Yeah. yeah, and I thought, "Oh my God, it's it's not going to work. It's lost." And then it picked up a little speed, and pretty soon there it was. And so then I began to transcribe. What we had actually talked about, and now the real work began. And the work began in terms of trying to find the people who had been a part of the show. Now, what happens, and what I learned from writing a book, is young girls who were on the show, most of whom got married, and their names changed. I couldn't find them. Tracking down people, it was a nightmare. And and then and and, and think about this, <laughs> um, the people who couldn't who should remember who aren't aren't dead. The people who were dead you know, didn't help me at all, and the people who aren't dead couldn't remember. Well, Lita, that was a long time ago. I said, but you directed the show. You can't help me. So I found out. Uh, it, I didn't. It's not a novel. So therefore, I'm talking about real people, real places. I've got to spell their names correctly, get the dates correct. It was very, very difficult. And I'm sure I left out some people... And for that, I'm apologetic, but I couldn't, I couldn't cover everybody. And I started with the cartoon chorale, because that's what I knew the best. And it was Jeff Korbelik of the Lincoln Journal-Star, a wonderful writer, who was the one when I was inducted into the Nebraska Broadcasters Hall of Fame four years ago. He wrote a big story about the induction and called it a roundup of memories. He wanted people who are now adults to remember their experiences on Cartoon Corral, And the stories that they wrote, when I saw that article, a big, big, full-page story in the paper, I cried, I laughed, and I said, that, that does it. I mean, those stories, particularly were the best ones when an adult remembered being on. And so I, that, that cinched it for me right there. Okay, now I'm gonna do it.
0: Where can people buy the book?
1: Let's oh, talk about what, where they can buy the book? Oh yes, you. Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, it's available at Barnes and Noble at uh, both, both locations here in Lincoln, at the State Capitol at the Landmark Gift Shop, on Amazon.com, and I'm most proud of the Lincoln City Libraries. They have copies of the book, and that to me. Do we have time for me to tell you a little story? Sure. Okay. Um, a- as a child. I was a noisy child, I was a rowdy child, I was a loud child. And we had a little library in in my school. My school was very unusual in Duluth, Minnesota because we went from kindergarten to 12th grade. We were all there. So we had a little library, and Miss Alice McClymons was the librarian. Now I come into the library, and maybe this is second grade, I I think first or second grade, and I'm noisy. I was noisy then. I'm probably even noisier today. And and Miss McClymons, knowing that I was disturbing the silence, she was marrying the librarian, shh, shh, be quiet children, and I'm noisy. She comes up to me and she says, Lita. I've got a really good book for you. And she took me over to the children's section in the library and she pulled out the Grimm's fairy tales and said, you can take this home. I got to take a book home from the library. I was so thrilled and I struggled to try to read it and I would come back to Miss McClaimans and she would help me and once I finished that she said I got some more. Walter T. Farley and the Black Stallion and I began with that series The Black Stallion Son of the Black Stallion The Black Stallion Returns and I was hooked and Miss McClaimans would ta- Miss always Miss McClaimans would take me then and and now she gave me The Call of the Wild. And I was hooked. I have been a big reader and loved the libraries forever. And to think that my book is now in the library. Alice mccliman's if she were only still alive, would be so thrilled that she was the one who introduced me and nurtured me through reading that I was able, this many, many years later, to write a book. That's my blessing to Alice McClimans.
0: Lita Powell Drake is with me today on Lincoln Live. Calamity Kate. Her book is The Calamities of <laughs> Calamity Kate, a history of Nebraska's children's TV shows. All right. How deep into Cartoon Corral and your character, Calamity Kate, did it start to be you? When did it start to feel comfortable and, and you owned it? Right away. <laughs> did did, did right it take away. any warm up? <laughs>
1: You mean warm-up for each daily no, show? No, I mean, I mean for, no.
0: because, for example, yeah. when I started the KO4 Morning Show, it just takes a while to integrate into a routine. You're working with floor people. You're working with cameramen. You're working with cube. I mean, you're working well, with the Well, the curious routine. thing
1: is I already had a lot of experience in television. I started in Duluth, Minnesota at KDAL television just between uh, high school and college. I was a night receptionist. And they discovered, no women were on the air, no No women were on the air. But uh, they discovered, oh, she can talk, she can walk. And so they asked me to come into the studio, could they use my hands? Because usually the floor crew were men and they had hairy fingers or dirty fingernails. And so they didn't want to have them use the food, handle the food. Food. So would you, would could you do this? Could you show the ice cream and so forth? So yeah, I could do. What was happening as I was doing that stuff as the night receptionist, the only female there, they discovered I could talk, I could walk, could I do this commercial? I began the IGA commercials. I began doing a little show called the Sat Shadow Stumpers, and then I, I was the Bingo Girl. We played live bingo on the air, under the B3, under the I2. This is a So I was all, this was in Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah, Channel 10, uh, Channel 3, uh, KDAL television. And so when I came to Nebraska, I was already seasoned. So it was very easy for me to step in. I auditioned for a a commercial for Lincoln Telephone and Telegraph Company, and I remember exactly the words, nothing changes the miles to smiles, like the sound of your voice. Lincoln Telephone and Telegraph and the new Princess Phone. So I got hired to do that, and then, of course, they realized that uh, I already <laughs> was seasoned in television. So then would you host would you host the morning show? Would you host You bet, you bet. So I just moved into that comfortably
0: and calamity kate the character for you opened up a lot of other doors and invitations to take part in community community events you only said no twice <laughs> yeah. took everything else up well, well yes. you only said you no know, twice what it, were those the no's? Sport
1: parachute club uh offered me free skydiving lessons and at that time, you know, I was learning to fly. Bernie Bauer from Duncan Aviation was my flight instructor, a woman, I'm happy to say, oh, she's a, and she's been a dear friend all these many years. I said to Bernie, the Lincoln Sport Parachute Club is offering me free skydiving lessons. And Bernie said, Lita, why would you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane? That made sense to me. So I, I declined that one. And then the Flying Wallendas were in Omaha. And I got a call from their promotion people, and did I want to walk the high wires with the, with the Walendas? I said, the Flying Wallendas that had that seven-layer pyramid and killed their mothers, brothers, sisters, uncles, and aunts, seven people died in that? Ad- well, uh, they're not going to kill you. And I said, oh, <laughs> their family's expendable, but you're going to save me? What about the net? And they said, what net? Well, and just I don't said, use no, nets. no, no, no. So I, that, but, but it seems like I said yes to everything else. And what fun that was. Well, it got you in to see Captain Kangaroo. Oh. It got
0: you in to see Art Linkletter. Yeah. It got you in to see Jerry Lewis. I mean, it, it, it introduced
1: you to a lot of very special people. And to go all over the world. I mean, even though my, the pay was lousy, the uh, shall I call it the fringe benefits were great, because uh, doors opened for me to participate in so many things. Well,
0: the book is—it's contained in the book, *The Calamities of Calamity Kate*, and it's available at Barnes and Noble. You, you can read it at the library. Oh you can yes. Check it out at yeah. the library
1: and the State Capitol Landmark state, Gift that's Shop right. and Amazon. Amazon.com. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say that KFOR Television. <laughs> you know, and Jim Stewart, they started it way back you know, in the early 1950s, 51, 52. Mm-hmm. So you folks really have a history with Dick Chapin. Mm-hmm. Dick Chapin is a salesperson getting KFOR television started, and now you're KFOR radio and yep. it, and you owned KOLN TV. Still moving on.
0: We're uh, we're flirting with our 100 year here
1: pretty soon. I'm flirting with my 100 year (laughs) now. (laughs) Well, we'll have you back for that, okay? (laughs) How much time is left? Lita, thank you so much. Oh, thank you,
0: Dale. I appreciate you coming in. My my pleasure. Lita Powell-Drake, passing away Wednesday morning at the age of 83. Thanks for listening to this Encore Conversation with Lita from September of 2014 on Lincoln Live.